Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The FT. Sad to say, I have yet to visit the house of a Russian oligarch, but I'm willing to bet that every single one of them has a small corner of wall space almost lost amid the curvy Matisses and cross-eyed Picassos that is dedicated to icons of the Orthodox Church. Having grown up in a Greek Orthodox household, I'm all too familiar with the convention that says that every residence must have its small iconostasis to protect its inhabitants from the malign forces of the world. These are typically messy affairs, thrown together with the remnants of hasty pilgrimages and the best intentions of well-wishers. There'll be a St. Christopher, a Virgin Mary or two, doleful Christs and haunted apostles, all jostling for position according to taste and whimsy. The snowy beard and outsized keys of my onomastic saint, Peter, were fixtures in my childhood bedroom. I wish I could say they made me feel close to heaven, but I felt largely locked out from its comforts and certitudes, which was not entirely an unpleasant feeling. Icons are not like many other works of art. They can be beautifully crafted and display the refined technique of artistic genius, but that is not their point. Their role is more subtle. They symbolise the quandary that's at the heart of Christian religion. Is it more important to emphasise the divine or the human nature of Christ? Those who opposed his depiction during the years of iconoclasm believed it was important not to reduce Christ to any kind of human dimension. Their antagonists, in turn, considered this unnecessary abstraction to be neglectful of Christ's earthly qualities. Icons were an attempt to reconcile these views, a summation of a religion that was both sublime and worldly. Don't be distracted by the theological arcanery. Much debate over any artwork continues to centre on whether it achieves some kind of transcendence or is happy to wallow in the shallows of material affairs. You can make your own mind up on where we are with that one at the moment. All of which gives the current market in orthodox icons an added frisson. Those cash-wielding Russians have, since the liberating effect of the breakup of the former Soviet Union, revivified a sector that was previously regarded as extreme niche. They have their personal galleries at home to fill too, only they do it with sophisticated pieces of art rather than scraps from tourist stalls. Icons may not have the wall power of the art that manages to sell so lustily in the major auction houses, but they have something else. Soul power, if you like. Russian buyers grew up with these in their homes, Amsterdam dealer Simon Morsink told me on the phone earlier this week. It's a very emotional connection. And this is an art form that still has the feel of the very beginnings of Christianity. Morsink is bringing a selection of works for sale to London's Willow Gallery next month. There is historical as well as spiritual heft here. Among the pieces is a depiction of St. Alexei, painted on Mount Athos, which was presented to the ill-fated Tsarevich Alexei on his first name day in 1904. The gift was made just weeks after he was diagnosed with haemophilia, the disease that might have killed him if the Bolsheviks hadn't got to him first. The work, artistically unexceptional but loaded with poignancy, is valued at £70,000, 
a sum that's far below the prices fetched by more fashionable genres in today's art market. The most expensive item in the sale is priced at £135,000. It is an anonymous art form, Morsink told me. Works are not signed, and many people find that very difficult to understand. You don't buy a name. You have to really look at the work and judge it for its quality. Those used to be axiomatic requirements for buyers of art, but times have changed. There's something that feels old-fashioned about buying an icon. This small sector of the market may be the one that requires the most contemplation and solemnity to be negotiated successfully. The stakes feel high. The very conservatism of the icon tradition, its stubborn resistance to change, is a challenge. It's art that is immune to fads. It's also a genre that defies logical analysis, even more so than any other. Step into the art world and you're already drifting away from the rational world. Add religion to the mix and you are twice removed. I remember in the middle of the small gathering of icons in my bedroom a bust in relief of the ancient Greek goddess Hygieia, who was there to look after the household's health needs. She nestled comfortably with the symbols of the movement that deposed her, mindful that the modern battle to keep body and soul together required help from every direction. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts.